Welcome to the Just Listed Podcast. I'm Amy Fox. And I'm Joanna Viezo with Real Estate by Joe, hardworking Minnesota farm girl. And we always say, you always say, we sell faster, right? Yes. Um, and we have talked a lot on these podcasts about if you're listing your home, what to do if you're listing your home. But what about, I mean, we're about to get into probably your busiest time, mm-hmm. the spring market. Yep. What if you're a buyer? Ooh. I mean, because there's got to be a lot of just crazy fast cutthroat competition if you want to purchase a home right it's now. It's fierce. Yeah, it's fierce. And depending on your price point, you know, people ask me, they're like, what price point has is, you know, the most competitive? And honestly, it's so many of them. Even in that 700 market, all of a sudden you'll show it and it's like there's three offers. Like what? You know, yeah. it's so it's just any price point. So how can you be the most competitive? There are a bunch of, you know, there are a bunch of ways, you know, write a clean offer, number one. First of all, okay, my tips to that buyer, first of all, go get pre-approved. Right. Get legitimately pre-approved with a local lender in your area. Okay. okay. And if you're on a mortgage broker out of Seattle or wherever, cool, then get pre-approved with them. But also have, once you get pre-approved with your aunt, your uncle, whoever it is, have them talk to your agent. So you're going to start looking online, I'm going to guess. You're going to have your pre-approval with your aunt or uncle. Otherwise, go to somebody locally in your area that you're shopping in because a local lender will help you give the edge up. So number one, get a local lender if at all possible. But if you have a relative that's out of some other area, that's fine too. But make sure that they connect with your agent. So then get your agent or find the property you like. Let's say you call the listing agent because that's not all bad either. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the thing called dual agency and some people freak out about dual agency. But I'm an advocate for dual agency. You can. What does that mean? Okay, so dual agency is where the house is listed by, let's say me, real estate by Joe. Okay. We have it listed. The buyer calls us and wants to look at the home. I've already met with a seller. I have personal insights of that property. I've already done a walkthrough with the seller. I'm going to know more information, point Mm -hmm, blank. mm -hmm. Like that's the reality. And dual agency means where I represent both the buyer and the seller. And some people believe it's a conflict of interest. And I get where they can feel that way. But if if the person's honest and a good person... It doesn't matter. You'll be fine because they're going to give you information and they're going to give you information faster and quicker. And they're going to give you that insight that the other agent won't have, just a buyer's agent won't have. But if you have a trusted buyer's agent, that's good too. Right. An experienced trusted buyer's agent can also walk through the home because I represent a lot of people as well as buyer's agents and I've never been in that home. But I have so much experience that I'm like, okay, here's your scuttle hole. Let's crawl up there. Hey, let's check under the sink. Let's run this water and flush the toilet at the same time. Check that well pressure. And they're like, what? So it doesn't have to be dual agency, but dual agency can help you in a situation where it's a competitive market. Okay. That's good to know. I've never really thought about that before. Mm -hmm. Um, So what if you are a buyer, but you're new to the area? You know, obviously we're talking to you. Um, but how does somebody know, like, what what should they ask you if they're looking to hire you as their real estate agent? Don't ask me a bunch of questions. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. You'll be fine with me. Um, I don't know how to answer that because I think everybody asks their own questions. Uh, I have people who come to me and they're like, okay, we're going to interview four agents and we have these questions like, good for you. You found them online or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I think the biggest thing is, is you need to just have a conversation with them. 
A, do they give you information that's valuable to that market area? Do they know the market area? Can they talk about neighborhoods? Or can you ask questions about what you're looking for? Like, where do you want to be? Do you want to be close to the bike trail? Do you want to be close to the bars? Do you want to be a downtown nightlife? Do you want to have a good school district? Or do you care about the school district? Things like that. Downtown Alexandria nightlife is hopping, by the way. I heard about that. What is it? Trivia? Al- what is it? Smart yes, Alec Copper Trivia? Trail. Yes. Uh, someone I know hosts that. I yeah. haven't seen you there Her yet. name? Yeah. No. It's because <laughs> I rock that. I get all the prizes. <laughs> and we're done at 8 p.m. So it's a really wild time. I know. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So say, okay, they hire you and you want to give your buyer, Joe, a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. So you want the pre-approval, local lender. Mm-hmm. Then what else do we want? Um, talk to your lender about how you can write the cleanest offer possible. So, um, something that has been in our market for a long time is closing costs. Mm -hmm. So lenders will tell buyers that they can ask for closing costs and they certainly can. Yes, you can. Because if you didn't save up for closing costs, there's a bunch of closing costs that are charged to the buyer for the lender and they can be added into the loan. But people think they're like, I can add them on top, but you can't add them on top after you have to add them on top in the beginning. And Uh. so how the seller sees that is if you need or want closing costs, if you, so here's the thing. One, do you need or want closing costs? If your lender said you can ask and you have the money saved up, My advice to you, depending on your price point, is don't ask for closing costs. Because if it's multiple offers, number one, don't be contingent on a home sale. And number two, don't ask for closing costs. Because if there's another offer, they're not asking for closing costs more than likely. I mean, And the contingency, you might not be able to help. Right. But if you can save up. So that makes sense. If you've got it and you don't need to ask for Mm -hmm. extra money, the closing costs, that's probably going to put you more top of the pile. Right. It's going to clean up your offer. So the contingency, depending on the price point, you can get away with contingencies. So we help people buy and sell all the time. So I would say that my office is experienced in buy and sell. We do that a lot of times. We meet with a seller, we look at their home and then we help them buy and we have a whole strategic plan. We'll talk about that another time. But to be just a buyer's agent, let's say you don't have a house to sell, you're a first time buyer, how can you do this? One, don't ask for closing costs, save up if you can. Ask a parent for gift funds, ask a grandma. And I don't think, I'm not advocating ask your grandma, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> do whatever you can to not ask for closing costs. Right. Unless you absolutely have to. And then if you're going to, add them on top of your offer. So let's say the house is at 100000 and you want to offer full price. You're going to offer 100000 Then they'll say to me, okay, well, we want 5000 in closing costs in that. Well, then they're really offering 95 because the seller is going to look at it like you're offering 100. I got to give you back 5,000 towards your closing costs. You're really giving me 95. Mm -hmm. And they're going, that doesn't make sense. That's why lenders said I could add them in. And you're like, yeah, but you got to add them on top of what you're offering. Sure. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So so you have to to up the ante. Okay. What else might put us at the top of the list if, if there's a a lot of offers coming in on a house or multiple offers and we want to be considered first. Drop your inspection contingency. I would say dropping your inspection contingency before your closing costs or equally at the same time would be, because closing costs, it's it's money, right? It's all about money, right? So closing costs, you could essentially offer enough up and over as long as it appraises and still cover in your closing costs, right? Like let's say you're like, I'm okay with paying 50,000 more. 
and then I'll get five thousand closing, and he'll he'll get forty five thousand, or she'll get forty five thousand. Mister Seller will mm-hmm. like that's fine. But if you have an inspection, if you drop your inspection contingency, so that they don't have to worry about that's a contingency that you literally can just cancel and be out, like cancel anytime, move on. A lot of sellers don't want to take um uh inspection contingency when it's a multiple offer situation because they don't have to. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a, it depends though. If you have an older home, that's a little scary. Scary. We, I think we talked about that in one of those. I think so too. I mean, one of it, our podcasts. It could be. I mean, we didn't. I'm trying to remember when my husband and I bought our first house. That's one of the things we dropped. And I, and I don't think it was a competitive thing. I think it was just like make it cleaner. I don't know. We were first time buyers. It was like, let's get this house. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some things that probably would have get caught up, but caught, you know, if there was an inspection, but it certainly didn't house didn't fall down i mean right it wasn't anything that wasn't a fairly easy fix so talking so this is we're gonna do a big circle if you found a buyer's agent or you're working with an agent or you're going through the home for the first time and you're pretty positive you're gonna put an offering on it and you you they said hey it's gonna be competitive there's a bunch of showings there's gonna be multiple offers then take your time looking at that property instead of like just looking at it look at it open cabinets look at all the cabinets turn on the plumbing feel for leaks like investigate that house don't just walk through it but like have like a quasi mini inspection where you're not being intrusive but you're truly looking over the home you're feeling baseboards you're feeling cabinets you're touching walls or you know you're just like touching things and checking them out and like having a careful eye on things because you'll notice, look at the ceiling. Are there any water staining? You know, that kind of stuff. So then you don't have to be contingent on inspection because you can see a lot of those things from your walkthrough. What's the protocol when you're looking at houses, by the way, that you can do or not do? Like, I didn't even really want to open, you know, cabinets or closets and stuff, but you do want to see it. But I tried Mm -hmm. to just be like, okay. Right. I don't know. You feel like you can't touch anything. So I think um, with COVID, we were told not to touch as much as possible. Right. right? Um, I told a lot of our sellers, leave some cabinet doors open so they can see it. Leave closet doors open so they can see in it. I think wearing plastic gloves or having a tissue. I have tissues often. Putting hand sanitizer on before you go inside. And then, yeah, looking at the home. Um, Opening doors so you see how they work. And some of it isn't necessarily touching everything, but just looking like mm-hmm. slow down and look, look at the baseboard trim. Look mm-hmm. if, it, if there's a spot that's been replaced or if there's water damage. Right. Look at the floor and look back at the floor. And is it like bubbled? Is there any waving? Walk across the floor in, in a right. lot of spots and feel if you feel like a dip in the floor. And floors have dips. So don't freak out and be like, oh, my God, this yeah. floor is a dip. And I talked, I listened to your podcast and we're going to be worried. No, just like. But there's cracks that I think most of us have seen or had in our house that aren't a big deal. And then right. there's ones where you can tell, oh, I wonder if the foundation is okay on this house. Right. You know, two different so that types might of be not one that you want to just bypass the inspection. Mm-hmm. So then maybe that's not the house for you. Right. You got to vet it. So like if this house looks sound, feels sound, then yeah, maybe don't need an inspection. If it truly is like a like a. Ooh, there's some major issues. Then probably everybody else is continuing on inspection, and everybody in that seller is expecting everybody to be. Yeah, so that's okay too. Yeah, and I mean, oh my gosh, I looked at a house one time that we had to do a full inspection, and because it was, um, it was, uh, oh my gosh, what am I calling? 
call it when the bank's taking it? What do you, oh, foreclosure? Yes, repo? foreclosure. Yes. And uh, I'm glad we did because oh. it was in rough shape. There was a dead bat in the bathroom or in the basement. Mm. There was just like stuff everywhere and you couldn't tell if it was hiding things, you know, in the basement. Yeah. There was a dead rooster in the driveway. Like, I'm, uh, like I'm a out chicken? of here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Weird. I know. It, and it didn't was look it? like they kept chickens, so I don't know where the thing came from. Was but it, it was bizarre because it nobody had lived <clears throat> in it for a while. Do you think that somebody drove by and dropped it there on purpose? Because <laughs> I, I sometimes see, think people do that. So. <laughs> Just to freak people out. We Didn't we talk about this, too, where you can kind of, like, go through the neighborhood and you sort of vet- meet the neighbors and kind of vet it out and see if that's where you really want to live? Mm-hmm. Like door knocking or something? Yeah, we did talk about that in the podcast. That's never a bad idea. <laughs> Never bad idea. You should always <laughs> drive. So the, weird. When you leave any type, any showing, I truly believe you should drive the neighborhood. If you like the house, then drive the neighborhood. Yeah. How many times? Okay. This is how many times is too many times to have to look at a house before you want to know if you want to buy it. If you, you look at it more than two times, I think you have <laughs> looked at it too many times. <laughs> and I'm not even saying that because I'm a realtor and you're like, I just truly think you need to be able to feel the first time you should feel like hey we like this home yeah we want to make an offer and the second time that you should be going back it should only be because you didn't get to look at something you needed to look at or you want to do a quasi inspection and you really want to look harder because you were like so blown back that you liked it that you didn't look at every nook and cranny yeah but if we you looked looking- at ours four times. Oh, my gosh. But that's because I couldn't get my husband on board. Oh, yeah, that's why. And it, we like- probably should have moved on, but I just couldn't. I was just like, I think it's it. Oh. And so then <clears throat> the last time I took him through it, I added it to the day we were looking at some other ones. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, oh, again? <laughs> Yeah, and then he fell in love with it. I don't okay. know why. Because he knew he was going to lose the battle. Probably. He's, He's like, like, all right. Do I want to stay married? Okay. Yep. I'll, I'll she loves this home. Yep. <laughs> I think we talked about that home. Yeah, oh, yeah. We have a few mm-hmm. times. And it's got a lot of really fun, unexpected things that have come up with it. But still, we both love it. So, that's so you're okay. the statistic. They say 84% of the decisions made for home buying in a married heterosexual couple is made by the woman. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, everybody else in the family wanted a different house than we got. And I was like, I don't like this, 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 even though it's a beautiful house. There were just things that weren't going to work for our family that I don't think they had thought through. Mm. So I just I sit and I like visualize how I'm going to live in the house, which I think everybody does when they're buying. And I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, I don't like this because you guys are going to be in the basement making so much noise and there's no door that can warded off and then the master is right above that door mm-hmm. and or that stairway and i'm never going to have any peace and quiet in this house. right so i said no mm-hmm. um okay so what other things could we do to have our offer stand out um other than throwing lots of money at it right <laughs> other than throwing lots of money at it, write it as clean as possible so make sure you're pre-proved and then try to keep the contingencies at a minimum there's people that are like i want to see um, I've had people say, I want to review the propane receipt. And it's like, for real? Mm. You know, for real? Like, you really? Yeah. Like, 
for the most part, people are pretty honest. And I believe for the most people, people are good. And if they're not, then we can deal with that. Like if they're egregious, you know, sure. Just writing that kind of stuff. And so, you know, keep it clean. Um, And then, you know, I would say write an expiration date so they can get an answer quicker, faster, faster. Okay. Um, we haven't seen a lot of them in our area. I have heard of them in other areas. I would love to make it mainstream that, hey, we get a response in three hours or whatever. Because I think a lot of times agents shop offers. So if there's not competitive offers, there's not more than one. They'll like hold it and call other people and say, okay, we got an offer. Did you want to write? You have interest. So I think writing it with an expiration date, like we want to offer... We want a response in three hours, six hours, whatever. And I know three hours is really short, but depending on when you sent it over, then getting a response in a certain time. I also think I told my my firm this. I told them, I was like, start putting in there that you're writing an offer and maybe even write in some of the terms if you've talked to your buyers so that you can prep the sellers or even tell the sellers, hey, we're sending over an offer. Please let us know when you can... Um, go over it so that we can get a response yet tonight Mm -hmm. instead of waiting all night long. So that would that be like, okay, let's say you're waiving the inspection contingency. Mm -hmm. Say I'm writing this offer, figured out not asking for closing costs, but I really want this fixed. Can you, and that, is that what you're saying? Like they can still just put that in there to re to fix something yeah oh yeah if you see something that's broken needs a repair absolutely put that in there but an expiration date is what i'm saying is hey we want we're gonna write our offer we're gonna get it to you by 2 p.m today Mm -hmm. we want an uh, we want a response by 8 p.m tonight yeah so they have six hours i mean six hours isn't a ton of time but you also have it all and it's like we want a written response by then so that you can counter us if you don't like our offer give us a written response in six hours of what you want us to do change our terms, whatever. I know it's super right, but if you are the buyer, and I'm doing a standpoint as a buyer, not a seller. Right. I represent a ton of sellers, so I'm going to apologize. Sorry I did this to you. But the reality is the buyer wants a response so that they don't get in a competitive situation. The seller wants it to be a competitive multiple offer situation, but the buyer doesn't. So you're working with two opposites, right? And it really comes down to who do you represent? If I don't represent that seller, I'm going to do that because the buyer should have a response. And honestly, you have all the data. Give me a response. Mm -hmm. And if I represent the seller and be like, I don't have time to do that in six hours, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So just what what shoe are you wearing? Yeah, that's Mm got to be crazy. Oh, your life must be crazy, Joe. It is. Yeah, I'll be at a (laughs) hockey game and they're like, I sent you an offer. I'm like, yeah, so I'll get to that. You know, and honestly, most of the time you can get to it in a couple hours. Well, that's the life we live. Everybody's got technology. You really have the tools right in your hand. Right. I mean, most of the time to be emailing or texting or calling people and just getting the deal done. Right. And I don't mind that at all. If people call me and say, hey, I sent you an offer on 123 Oak Street. I kind of like that. And if I'm at a kid's function, because my kids always come first, which is all good. I generally say, okay, great. Got it. I'll look through it while I'm watching my kids. It takes like a second, you know, and then I send it to the sellers and I text them and say, hey, I just sent you an offer. Look at it. I'm going to call you in two hours so I can get a response. Yeah. And it actually works great because they have time to look through it, process it. I already know it. And then I call them and I'm like, okay, do you need me to go over it again? Do you have questions on it? We can talk about it. We can get a response back. Right. Which I think is great. I mean, I think that's good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe reduces having to overthink it. You're just like, all right, 
We're going to do it or we're not going to do it. (laughs) Whatever it is. As much as it is, it gives everybody some time, you know, because we're in this like instant world, right? So I sent you an offer. The agent says, I sent you an offer. And it's like, okay, I need to instantly get back to them. And then the seller is like, oh, well, we need to talk right now where it's like, hey, I sent you an offer. I'm watching my kids' hockey game, soccer game, whatever. I'll talk to you in two hours, review it. Then it's like, oh, okay. Oh, you know, it's there's not so much tension and you're able to make a decision. Right. So anything else we need to cover with having that competitive advantage because we're getting into that busy spring. Season, when does right. it, does it technically start here in February? Um, Your busiest like springtime? I'd say February, March. It okay. really depends on, you know, what February gives us. Is it give it a bunch of love or is it going to give us <laughs> a snow and cold? Because it has been brutal. It's been so cold. I suppose. I don't even think about the weather is probably does it's have a big impact. Huh? A huge impact on it. Like nobody wants to go outside when it's negative 20. Mm-mm. But no. you get those warmer days at 30 degrees and whatever, get some thaw, then everybody's yep. on it. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. All right, well, best of luck in the uh, busy spring season. And right. we'll continue to talk about ways that if you are a seller, you can sell a whole lot faster. Right, and mm-hmm. if you're a buyer, give us a call, Real Estate by Joe online, right? Realestatebyjoe.com. Or always you can visit us in person by Big Ole, 203 Broadway Street, Alexandria, Minnesota. Still waiting for you to come to Trivia. Oh, yeah. Thursday night, six Yeah, but they'll think I cheated <laughs> because they're going to be like, you're right next door. You knew all the answers. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, Joe. Yeah, take care. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Paying bills on time? Not maxing out credit cards? Yes, give yourself credit. You can get closer to big goals like home ownership by taking small steps to build up your credit. Level up your credit knowledge at Fannie Mae.com slash credit education. Hey! 